Wacker Slaps, where we look back into the annals of 2000s indie music to determine if an album or a band or an entire musical movement was actually good or just a product of the hype machine of its time. And like all great podcasts, this is the direct spinoff of an unhinged group text that simply refused to die. All right, let's meet the Deers, Hoof and Hunter. What's up? I'm Noah. I'm the wild man. I'm Adrian. I'm the true believer. And once again, in the moral words of Lou Barlow, uh, just give me in your rock. And I am your host, Caleb, and I could care less. <laughs> and uh, yeah, guys, we made it. Episode four, is it? Uh, Ep four. Ep four, volume yep. four. This is good. Yeah, dude. Like my, my favorite Sabbath album. Controversial pick, I know, but. That's your favorite Sabbath album? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. It has the bangers on it. It has it's not it born has... again. Yeah. Born again's pretty good. <laughs> no, it's bad. Yeah. Born again's that's the one with uh Ian e. Gillen, right? From Deep Purple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. But uh yeah, we all got mics and stuff now, so it's like we're really getting professional. Mm-hmm. And um before you go dunking on us, we did get the podcast specific mics. <laughs> so we're pretty basic. Yes, I was as I mentioned off air, uh, I was called out by the Best Buy employee. I tried to cover by saying, I'm going to go pick up a mic to get some music recorded, guitar. And immediately he was like, oh, yeah, the podcast mics are over here. <laughs> so he took one look at me and said, this guy is recording a podcast in his bedroom. He's a Joe Rogan, a regular old Joey Rogue. Oh, what do you boy. think people in Santa Maria, like what kind of podcasts are they making? Joe Rogan, 24-7, nonstop, all day. <laughs> was trained by day, Joe Rogan by night. <laughs> so they just do Joe Rogan type podcasts? But like, yeah, everyone, no matter the what SM, the demographic. Version of that. You know, just talk about DMT and how Trump actually wasn't a good, uh, bad guy. <laughs> we just we just want to hear opinions you know it's just whatever who cares if i give nazis platforms uh you know it's all we're all friends what the fuck is joe rogan what is your deal dude you're freaking me out i don't, I don't like you all right calling out other podcasters or yeah right? dude already it started <laughs> <laughs> debate me bro oh yeah uh oh, subscribe boy. to our patreon where we just dunk on other podcasts that's called right. pod or Let's move nod, along, nod or pod. Caleb. All right. Uh, Brother Noah, uh, for our our literal ones of new listeners, uh, what's the deal with our show? Yeah, so we're using pitchforkmedia.com. Um, we're taking a look at their best new musics throughout the 2000s of uh, you know their indie music that they hyped up. And today we're doing Joanna Newsom, the album Yeesh. Yeesh. I don't know. We'll have to decide how you say it. But the album that's spelled Y-S, and it's from 2006. So let's hear what those old farmers over at Pitchfork had to say. Has anybody got the review? Yeah, I got it up right here. Yeah, let's slide that over to in-house historian. Um, so they gave the album a 9.4, another what? really good score. Uh, it Yeesh. got a best new music. It was reviewed by Chris Dallin, Dalen Dallin. I think that's how you say it. Dylan, Dylan. Um, and I have a little excerpt here. Uh, it's kind of kind of a little long one, so bear with me. 
this isn't a great album because she owns a dog-eared encyclopedia or because it stands above the cheap rewards or superficial freakiness we expected from her. It's great because Newsom confronts a mountain of conflicting feelings and sifts through them for every nuance. It's intricate and crammed with information, but it's never bookish, and she never sits back in a spell and lets her heart flutter. She swoops into the sky and races across the ground, names every plant and every desire, and never feels less than real. The people who hear this record will split into two crowds, the ones who think it's silly and precious, and the ones who, once they hear it, won't be able to live without it. Interesting. It's kind of a little backhanded compliments in there. Throwing a little shade. He's nagging her. A little bit. I mean, He's like your book, your encyclopedia, your preciousness. It's like, dude, you like the album, man. Just say you like the album. Well, it's definitely referencing, you know, uh, stuff that people were saying about her at the time. I mean, I, I remember that people were saying that kind of stuff when, you know, I'd put her, I'd put yeah. that first record on and people would be say shit. Like, what is, what is this? You know, this little kid shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I feel like they got like a lot of things lobbed on her that like they would never say about a dude, you know, like, oh, she's a nymph. She's a pixie, like, like all these kind of like inhuman kind of like supernaturalist kind of things. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's I don't know. I just didn't think that was I think it was a boring take. It's just yeah. like a boring analogies to make. Uh, with well, let's it. let's hear some history before we kind of go into the what's the deal. Yeah, so a little background. Uh, it was the album was recorded in December of '05, uh, vocals and harp at least, and then later in May through June of 2006, the full orchestration was recorded. Um, it was produced by Joanne Newsom and Van Dyke Parks, who you may know from his '60s records like Song Cycle. Um, the vocals and harp were recorded by Steve Albini. Um, you know. Producer of, extraordinaire, uh, rape man, rape man, fame. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. our first Albini. Congratulations, everyone! Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. First Albini mention. I'm sure he'll come up uh, many times on this podcast. Uh, the orchestration was recorded by Tim Boyle, which I don't have too much information on him, um, but it was mixed by Jim O'Rourke, who I think we've maybe mentioned before, maybe not, but yeah. he also. We actually uh, talked about him in the demo episode, which nobody will ever hear. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe we're gonna put day. it out on tape one day. <laughs> yeah, that for exclusive all cult, for all the Colt fans. Um, and then the album features guest vocals from uh, Newsom's then partner Bill Callahan. Uh, you might know him as Smog, uh, and her sister Emily Newsom, who uh, the first track is actually named for, and I, be- I believe it's a, a autobiographical, um, mm-hmm. like many songs on the record. Actually, um, I think a lot of the stuff on this record is is basically her kind of digesting and going through things that have happened in her, the, the past year of her life you know 2005 she lost someone that was important to her she had the aforementioned uh, relationship with bill callahan and it was tumultuous apparently um and some other stuff but then as um noah mentioned the name is is interesting it's i think it's pronounced east i think you can say yeast too with a y at the beginning but i think it's east um and it's kind of uh, it comes from this legend of a mythical city in France on the coast of Brittany that was uh, swallowed by the sea. I don't know the full story there, but it sounds kind of intriguing. And uh, it was also um, influenced by a dream that Joanne Newsom had where she dreamt the letters Y and S. Uh, and that kind of pushed her to, to, to name it this, as well as uh, she had a friend that lent her a book that mentioned um, referenced the myth. 
So I, I like to think she was dreaming about the abbreviation of clap your hands, say yeah, and the Y and the S right in the middle there really stood out to her. She's like, I must record this epic. Um, but that would be inverted because it's that, that'd be S Y. Clap say your yeah. say. <laughs> oh shit! Fuck. I was I was with you almost, um, but uh, this is actually her first album to chart. Uh, her debut, I don't believe, charted at all. But uh, who charted? This one... You chart? <laughs> no. Um, it peaked at 134 on the Billboard 200, which you know is pretty good considering how crazily dense and and yeah. this record is. But uh, so as I mentioned before, the orchestration was um, this album has some orchestration and it was arranged by Van Dyke Parks. Um, Newsom heard his record song cycle and was impressed and reached out to to work uh, to work with him and he said yeah let's do it um, and so she recorded the vocals and harp with Steve Albini uh, of course completely analog to two track tape recorders as you know as Steve Albini is wont to do uh, and then it was mixed to tape and mastered at Abbey Road Studios uh, by Jim O'Rourke it was wow. influenced by this album from the seventies um, by uh, folk artist Roy Harper called Stormcock, which I'm actually not familiar with, but it, it sounds like this record. It. Oh yeah. I listened to about one song. Cause it's like 12 minutes. It's yeah. like six songs and they're all super long. It was okay. It's some folky shit. We'll get into that kind of vibe later, but yeah, a lot of that, I assume it was English, right? Or a lot of that kind of the, stuff that was like the folk movement that like moved into the 70s it was like a little bit more proggy but still acoustic that stuff's yeah. kind of kind of a slog of a listen there's some gems Once but a yeah a lot yeah. of it is very there's just... a lot of it too that's like yeah i've listened to van dyke parks too certainly after this album and that stuff too to me sounds just kind of boring hollow like it's um well it's kind of Hard to get into, I think. Well, maybe not hard to get into, but it's definitely more. It takes a little bit more uh, attention and a little bit more thought yeah. than the average you know record. What, you know what? A lot of those folky guys—they're trying to give you like a history lesson. They'll take like, <laughs> like what's that one song? Like the Battle of something something. I feel like they're always taking some World War Two like dad shit and like <laughs> turn it into a folk song. It's like what? Um, but to finish off the history here or the backstory, um, the album was pretty well received. I, I would say it almost got universal acclaim, um, got on over 50 best of lists for the year, including Pitchforks, who put it at number three. Um, and then it was also on several best of 2000s and best all time albums list. So, you know, yeah, it, it made it, the out the gate the legendary pretty much. Um, it was funny. Me and Caleb were talking. We're like, oh, maybe we should have done our first album because it falls so much more in line with like the freak folk stuff and seems more of its time. That album mm -hmm. that came out in 2004, I think. The Milk-Eyed Mender? Milk-Eyed Mender, yeah. But then I realized it received an 8.0 from Pitchfork, but was not a best new music. But then it did show up, I think, on the end of the year list. Mm -hmm. It was fairly high. I used to always get uh, weirdly frustrated when they would do that, but now it's like, who cares? Like, yeah, that's a, that's a good segue Noah. Cause you were mentioning freak folk and 
what you know we always got to go over what was their deal um and i think like to put joanna newsom in that milieu of like the freak folk or what was dumbly called new weird america um it was like all these collections of all these like kind of just neo hippie fucks like it was called the, new weird america yeah, yeah there's like some publication in like 2007 or something put out a um they did like a profile. It was all these like artists and shit. So like white kids that like went to college and studied music or weird America. I guess. No, yeah. I don't know how many of them went to college, <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of like we're in the indie thing. It was like cool to do drugs again and shit. So like different yeah, kinds they- of drugs. So, I mean, from that, yeah, you're like, you know, famously like Devinger Banhart and, um, a bunch of other bands like even like early animal collective could definitely kind of fall in that because they well, did the album Fashti bunyan who was a huge influence on all of them and that oh, bands yeah, like yeah. espers and uh feathers Woods. and summer hand there's a man. bunch of there's a shitload of those bands and i listened i went back and listened to some of that today and um i don't know it's like uh i don't know when i would listen to it again you know i don't know what mood or vibe i would have to be seeking to engage with that but um but it's i think it's important because she definitely came out of that a lot of that was based in california specifically in the bay area in la and um she's from nevada city but she went to mills here in oakland and um studied there like pretty well known um shout out the program's called maybe i think it's called like experimental (laughs) music or something it's like a very particular really oh right renowned um uh, program and she went there with noah gregerson uh who i think he did arrangements on her first album or something mm-hmm. she's in that that's band right. pleased with him i listened to his stuff today too um that stuff's way more like orchestral and stuff and definitely owes a lot to van dyke parks too but yeah um it was just like a interesting time i think um there's those bands are gaining a lot of traction and yeah. i yeah, I think they kind of just outweirded themselves and kind of fell out of relevance after well, a while. Yeah, so 2004, I think, was the watershed mark for – is that how you even use that term? Watershed mark, year, whatever. It was the big boom <laughs> was 2004 for Freak Folk. And then I think by 2006, Joanna Newsom with this album kind of like slammed the door on all those guys and was like, yeah, I'm so – beyond you and that scene it's like boarded it up yeah because a lot of that stuff is just way too shabby like intentionally shabby so it's just kind of minor but like she like gave a fuck and like it was like you know it was like really well constructed and orchestral and all these things so that's what it said it's like yeah definitely separated the wheat from the chaff i remember one time kev we were listening to that espers band because that was in you were like smack in your fucking hippie face oh we're gonna get into me and, me and freak folk much later but <laughs> and, uh, yeah dude let's save some serious amount of time for that we were listening to um espers and you like reek like patchouli and then we were listening <laughs> to that i was like wait does this album doesn't have drums on it and you're like yeah this band doesn't have a drummer and i'm like yeah no thank you, you know who was in espers briefly Ooh. kurt vile mm, yeah yeah i could see that yeah, Philly had like a weird like folk and psychedelic thing, Bardo Pond and all those kinds of bands. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I just wanted to highlight that as a deal, you know, because in this podcast we talk a lot about kind of historical context and kind of how things were framed. 
and um yeah and they loved titles you know back then and like freak folk was an easy kind of genre to slap on a lot of stuff yeah they did though joanna newsom included certainly davinder banhart i feel like they did play that up like in interviews and stuff they would be kind of like yeah the king and queen of freak spiritual folk. they would do like kind of vague like answers and talk about nature and all this like it got a little old pretty quick. yeah they're like who they're like the bards of our generation like i think I they know. would do a thing where they would like do like a chant before they played like i think even drew adam <laughs> newsome would she'd be like okay everybody like hold hands and let's get the vibes right let's tune the room we're gonna <laughs> tune the room um, I think, I don't know, I think you're I thinking can... of a party you went to in Santa Cruz. In the- <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna tune the room. <laughs> um, I don't know. I might push back a little bit on that just because I I was reading a uh, Pitchfork interview with her earlier, and she's actually oh. very very direct and actually really um, eloquent about uh, the way she was talking about this music. Um, yeah. Which I think again, I think people pigeonholder is this kind of naive, you know, wayfish, you know, I don't know, like you're saying fairy or something otherworldly when she's like no i'm just making music and this is what interests me and this is how i you know filtered the stuff that's going on in my life through these stories and you know that i think that people put that on her and it's not yeah it's not fair and i think you know i think she broke out of that a little bit with this record and then of course later on Mm -hmm. but i think even now she still kind of has that kind of twee affectation you know given to her even though she's not necessarily like that anymore yeah, which is which to me is insane because it's like what is the, like the, the commonly termed like the most masculine parts of rock and roll, and that's fucking shredding, and she shreds, <laughs> and I'm yeah. not saying like she yeah. has to be manly to be validated, but it, it's just funny that like how virtuosic you have to play and just straight up just fucking shred on the harp is like that's not a minor approach to music or something like you said, just wayfish at all. It's like you, you have to have a command of things to be able to do that and make make music on that level yeah it's, yeah it's, it is kind of an unfair kill like you said because you know anybody that's in a rock and roll band it's like well clearly they're carrying the torch of rock and roll tradition they're rocking out but if you're doing the freak or the folk version it's kind of like oh they're like little they're trying to take it back to the 60s they're like hippie revivalists and it's like well nah, i don't know she's just being she's of a piece of like ornate folk music and the way she writes her songs is very like storytelling kind of pastoral imagery and stuff it's not i don't think it's an affectation really like yeah you yeah make it out to be sometimes i think they did you got to sell records fuck you gotta have a gimmick right yeah and it's like when you listen to her music and like like the whimsical lyrics and everything and the approach but in aggregate it's really relatable themes it's actually very earthbound you know um and that's what it was yeah. like that we'll get into like the our reactions now but that's like one I thing made, uh... i listen to milk eye mender too and it's like yeah it's this cacophony of ideas and sounds and like a word salad but at the end it's like you feel really true archetypes of like sorrow longing wonder you know and it's it's all down well, to she... earth ultimately well if you you can like because i got the record yeast on vinyl the other day and and it comes with the the lyrics and song booklet yeah it's a pretty (laughs) like ornate uh lp that has like a little booklet with like pages that you're talking about 200 gram 180 gram i don't know i think it might be 180 gram it was from 2006 but i 
I still think that was such the CD era and then streaming was right around the corner that there's not a lot of copies. So it is a little pricey, but I, I had to get it on Discogs. I couldn't even, I, I've never seen her one of the, a copy in a record store. Uh, just fill yeah. out the, um, fill out the expense report and, uh, and yeah. just send me the receipt and I'll yeah. try to, anyways, it was a hundred for that. Yeah, it was $275. So Ooh, yeah, I'm definitely going to need to see a receipt for that. I forgot February was a short month. I'm kind of like, <laughs> rent. I'm fucked. this whole thing fucks me. Uh, yeah. But, I'm uh, out so much because of this podcast, like the mic, <laughs> the mic. Uh, the extra electrical I got to pay for for having my laptop open for two hours. <laughs> the extra kilowatt hours for. Yeah, per uh, kilowatt hour. That's why I'm telling you, dude, let's move to Texas. Fucking those tax rates <laughs> are screaming at us. <laughs> yeah, but then you have to pay $18,000 oh, for a fucking oh, power you should check. Yeah, you should check the news, Noah. I think there's some, <laughs> yeah. something. Did Rogan, Rogan lose power? Did Rogan lose power? No, but seriously, I have friends in texas they're doing fine but yeah that that sucks out there in texas yeah dude pray for the guys in spoon yeah yeah all those austin later yeah pray for uh, robert rodriguez (laughs) uh shout out texas pray for Uh, big big boys that was a texas punk band right yeah punk funk great Great queer. Texas punk band. Yeah, queer, queer, queer band core. too. Yeah, they're really yeah. good. They're crazy. We have the Dicks. The Dicks were from Texas too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, butthole yeah. Surfers. And Butthole Surfers. Classic. Yes. Great, uh, greatest band name of all time. Is there any more we want to say about Janet Newsom to you know put her in the proper framing? Yeah, I just just that she started as a in the scene of that Northern California, very much just California freak folk stuff that blew up. But I think she just, her second album, she really, she really upped her game in a way. I still love that first album a lot, but this one is just something different. And mm. I just think her songwriting is always very good. Like she is, I mean, it sounds dumb when you say like she's like a poet, but if you do read her lyrics, which I was saying, I was reading along with the album today and all the storytelling she does. And she does like, uh, she does a lot of like, like um, rhyming couplets and like parallel structure. And it's very much like a poem, like a poet would do. Like, uh, yeah, I, I thought it's pretty, it's dense, but it's really, it's good. Yeah, it's it's very literary, and, and w- which is great for me because I don't know how to read. So, um, or, like or I do know how to read. I just I just refuse to do it because uh, it's for fucking nerds. You should make a movie out of this album, man. <laughs> Dude, like yeah, I, I bet I will bet dollars boy. to donuts. There was a student film somewhere out there collecting dust that was based on yeast they tried to do like a stop animation <laughs> or a little yeah, short budget. film <laughs> filmed in the woods somewhere. There's too many animals mentioned. They had to get yeah. all those animals. Yeah, like I said, I bet it's not very good. Well, it's interesting that you guys are saying, you know, talking, making comparisons to literature and film. Um, I was listening to an interview with Ryan Johnson earlier, and he was talking about, uh, I forget which Kelly Reichardt film, um, but he was Dream, saying how. I told you, never bring up that man's name. He ruined, <laughs> he ruined my Star Wars. Oh boy, uh, let's not get the Star Wars fans after us. Come on now. Um, yeah, we need that four quadrant appeal. These are the four quadrants of podcasts: right wing politics, Star Wars, 
Um, bad movies. Bad movies. And like murders, horny comedians who talk over each oh, yeah, other. Murders, oh, scary yeah. murders. Yeah, horny, scary murders. And like celebrities that like are barely celebrities anymore. I'm talking to you, <laughs> Dax Shepard. <laughs> yeah, we all were clamoring for Rob Lowe to start a podcast. Is it um, about his sex addiction? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, about the uh, 88 convention. But anyways, uh, Ryan Johnson was was saying about her uh, that Kelly Reinhardt film is that it it feels like good like good literature is like a good short stories uh, collection, and I think you could say the same thing about this record is that it, I mean it is it is poetry, but it also it is very much like literature in the sense that there's this it's a collection of stories, and you know she very clearly. And deliberately connects them on one of these songs, uh, which we'll um, may talk about later. But um, so I think, you know, she was even thinking about this in terms of like the narrative and how things flow into each other. And I think that you can look at it this the same way is like it's a collection of these these stories that are really impactful in in a way that, um, you know, a lot of songs aren't necessarily built like, uh, especially around this time, you know. Yeah, it's funny too, Adrian. You mentioned how, I, and I heard the interview too, and I think they mentioned in the review about how it's like she said these are all kind of like true stories in a way. But it's cool because you can read them as metaphors, but then within the song themselves, they're telling a story, whether it be like these fantastic, like about a monkey and a bear or whatever. Like uh, they do really, there is a narrative that goes through it, even if you didn't connected to her own life like this the songs themselves have a little uh, in narrative in each song which i really like like the whole storytelling of this album was great yeah, yeah that's I great agree. um yeah why don't we just uh, d- uh jump into the album and let's just uh kind of go through it talk it out um yeah what are what are y'all's backgrounds with this uh album what's your personal histories um, do you want me to go first or Adrian? What do you want to do? Yeah, let's switch it up this week, Noah. Why don't you give it a shot? Yeah, so I was fell in love with her first album. Like I listened to it all the time and I kind of forgot about it for whatever reason. I started listening to it uh just in the last couple of weeks along with this album. So I was very hyped for Yeesh. And actually it was funny, I was thinking in 2006, like the two most hyped albums I have been or like the anticipation that I had for the albums were this album and um, Ghostface Killer's Fish Scale. And they both came <laughs> oh, out the yes. same year. It was like, I cannot fucking wait to hear those albums. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. I was thinking about Ghostface and Joanna Newsom. I think they're kind of a, a piece. Like they both very dense lyricists with storytelling, uh, like nautical imagery, <laughs> like very <laughs> fantastical, <laughs> like uh, very very descriptive there's a line in, in this album where she says that's an awfully real gun and i was like ghostface would totally say that in a song like this gun's awfully real like <laughs> um, so anyway i think if a good uh double bill would be this album and then fish scale right after it for a 2006 double header um so i this album was just so i could not wait it was bated breath for me to finally hear this thing and uh I got it probably the day it came out, probably at the Best Buy, or maybe I had to go to Boo Boo's in um, Grover Beach. Shout out Grover Boo-Boo's. Beach, five Shout cities for ladies. Grover City, baby. Uh, and uh, 
I got to say, when the first few listens, I I could not get into it. I was like, this sounds like like Disney princess music or something, like, or like show tunes or something. Like, like I wasn't at the time, too. I, I listened to folk music, like Dylan and all that, uh, even you know, like Johnny Cash or something. But I just, the ornate production was just not music. I didn't listen to a lot of that type of music. Uh, like the closest thing I would say would be like ABBA, even though they're much more writing tighter pop songs, but they have just that fucking so much going on in yeah, all those songs. Cacophony. Yeah, and, and that, that's a band that that's ABBA is one of my favorite bands. But um, so this Joanna Newsom, it was just a little too like old timey for me or something. Which I couldn't like it, it just went over my head. Um, but then I saw her live in probably 2006 and. Uh, she was touring and she was playing the whole album front to back. And uh, she played at this little hall in Santa Cruz. And there's probably like 100, 120 people there. So it felt pretty uh, intimate. Like you were sitting down. She just came on stage. It was like a community uh, like uh, theater situation. I can't remember the name of the venue. Um, and that's when it really sunk in. She played all the way through. I went and saw the show with my brother and uh, his friends or my friends as well. And uh, my sister, my little sister was there too with her friend. And uh, it was just a great show. The and that's, was I? Why was I invited? Uh, we didn't like you. And oh, uh, no, you were like, this shit is weak. I'm into <laughs> espers, man. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Give me some lavender diamond, baby. Yeah, but she played the, <laughs> the whole thing. Stuff. She played the whole thing front to back. Uh, Bill Callahan opened for her and then accompanied her on the song. So Big Dick Bill was in the audience. And uh, that guy was, sounds like he's back at fucking Texas. Of course, heat. he's like six ten. Oh, shout out Bill Callahan. Hope you're staying warm. Oh yeah, Billy. Billy the heartbreaker man. He's got cat power. He's got yeah, Chanmich, Joanna Marshall. Newsom. Who else? His current he? wife. Who's his current wife? I don't know. I think he has kids. He's married. Send me a picture in the chat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of Bill. <laughs> anyway, Bill was kind just of just a Bill. Bill was kind of boring, but I mean that's like his vibe. That's, was, that's the whole just, point. It was just him and a guitar and like a bar stool. And he was like, like Two words that he strings together. Like sycamore. But he like slowed down the songs even slower than on the record, so it was like, whoa! Like you think he nodded off, like, yeah, like like sickum more, sickum more. And it was like, are you gonna finish this song, or are you just gonna trail off? But uh, it was it was good. He only played like five songs and then got out of there. But so she did this whole album live, and that's when this album really hit me. And I used to listen to this album all the time, and really what I. Uh, it took me to kind of learn the stories of each song to really like kind of get engrossed by like the world she was building and the picture she was painting. And after a while, this would be an album I'd like shout out uh, Pizza Store, a previous episode we discussed it, but this would be delivering pizzas and I would just mm -hmm. be singing along to this fucking album. And I think it was my tail end would have been at the pizza store. I think I came back to work there for a few more months. And I would like sing along to this song and I connected to it like emotionally. There's a real sadness to this album. A lot of it's about like death and like, like uh, 
like what happens when you die and like memory of your relationships with people. Um, yeah, and it was an album that I loved, listened to a whole bunch, but I hadn't listened to it in years. And uh, now I got it on vinyl and I'll probably listen to it all the time. It's like a perfect, uh, I listened to it this morning. So it's like a perfect like Sunday morning record. Although you kind of have to like sit with it. Like I really enjoyed yeah. sitting there with the lyric sheet and following along with all the stories and stuff. It's not music that you would just put on in the background. Like I think you really got to just sit there and listen to the album. So yeah, that was my experience with it. Right on. Right on. I'm going to save my, uh, for, uh, my history for last, uh, Adrian. Cool. Yeah, I can um, tell us about in. yourself. Uh, actually, there's a few things that you brought up now that I, uh, that I can speak about uh, with my experience. And I actually did listen to it this morning as well. So I, I agree. It's a perfect morning record. You know, the morning light was coming in through the window and I had it on and I was getting ready for the day. And it's just like, yeah, this is this is fucking great. Like your it's, morning wood had subsided. By <laughs> I had taken care of that. I was, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, would you say it's a wake and bake album not to incriminate yeah, yourselves? For sure. Definitely. People who, who do pot would uh, wake and bake put this on. It was definitely, it definitely provided a, a nice background for that this morning. And, uh, but also when I was playing it, um, Emily, uh, yeah, my, from my the girlfriend, song? She, <laughs> not, not from the song, but same name. Um, she came in and she was like, this, she sounds like she could be from 1910. <laughs> um, and it's like, yeah, you're right. That, definitely. So that's kind of timeless. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. She, I, I don't know if it's timeless is quite the right word, but she does have sort of this, it, it, the, the record itself evokes this kind of timeless feeling, you know, it, it does feel like it could be released at any time in the past 80, 90 years of music, really. Yeah. Um, we're... But uh, yeah, so I had a similar experience. Noah, I probably bought it at the Best Buy as well, same day of, and I remember very distinctly putting it on in my mom's Ford, what Ford not explorer a cutlass now it was the ford uh escape and i remember putting it on the cd player oh, and i was driving over to our uh my community college uh hancock college shout out hancock college um and i was like dropping off a check or some you know some administrative bullshit and i remember i pulled in the parking lot and the record i had just started i had just put it in after buying it and I was like, immediately, I was like, oh, what is like, this is, this is different than the last record. And it was like, it entranced me to the point where I like, I just sat there for the, the first song, basically, like I sat through the first whole song and I was like, wow, this is, this is great. This is incredibly good. Like immediately it captured me. Um, and then I went, you know, I got off and did my thing, but it was that it was so good in that moment that I was like, damn. Um, and I think it was like sunset. And so it was like, just a, a just a moment that stuck with me even though it's pretty you know pedestrian but i don't know just that sometimes you listen to a record and it just hits you in the right moment and then you know it sticks with you and this was definitely one of those moments and um yeah i would just keep listening to it over and over for that i i think it came i mentioned it came out in november i believe um either way it was in that fall autumn time yeah, so perfect it, perfect month for this album to drop yeah, so it, it got a lot of spins uh, just driving around in my car those early college years, and, and uh, I just, yeah, I loved it. And um, 
it was he's trying to hook up with a girl and you put it on they'd be like what turn this shit off please <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right because like you were saying though it's not necessarily the easiest breeziest listen like it's not meant um to be just kind of background music i yeah. don't think i, I think had to look up a couple words like to like in a dictionary straight up or googled it a couple words. i mean how many songs use the word inchoate you know like there's just... that was one of the words i looked up it she's rudimentary yeah An inchoate brain did not understand the meaning of inchoate. <laughs> but i mean and that's the thing is like it rewards you you know for being that you know kind of devoted to the the moment of its playing because there yeah. are just these poignant beautiful moments and actually it's funny i was going to say that although the lyrics are really great and they struck me the first time it wasn't necessarily just the lyrics that hit me that for like the music itself has this emotional punch and i think the orchestration adds like these little color this little colorization to it that really uh i don't know it i it can feel kind of disney musical-ish at times in, in like like a very sad disney musical but um i don't know it just even beyond the words like it packs an emotional punch and i think i was f- feeling all of that the uh, those first few listens uh you know so it it's always been a record that stuck with me but again the same same with you know i i kind of fell off listening to her records for some reason you know i yeah. i i was very into it for a few years uh, after these records came out and i think up to um, I'm not sure when Have One On Me came out, maybe like 2012, 2014. I think but... it was 2009, maybe. Or no, maybe you might be right later. I've to this day have never finished that album. It's like, it's like <laughs> well, a, it, it's a triple it's, album, right? Yeah, it's yeah. super long. There's a, there's some great deep cuts, especially towards the back. There's a couple of the bangers, but I don't know. And and but like you're saying, re, re coming back to this, and you know, we'll talk to, to that when we get to that point. But coming back to it, I, I think it is gonna be in my rotation again i it's just so good that yeah. you know you it's it's nice to be reminded of it and and to feel those same things that i was feeling when i first bought it and i first put it on you know do you listen to the way. do you listen to her first album very often anymore uh that one actually yeah that one did i did have it in my rotation you know as recently and like uh, in college up in the bay area it definitely was something that i listened to uh yeah. quite a bit but that one um, still holds up. There's a lot of great songs on there. Oh, you impress the co-eds. You put that thing on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I will say one, one funny anecdote about that is uh, I used to work at a gas station as a cashier and um, you know, the mechanics that worked there would always give me shit about all the music I was playing. Cause I would play weird indie rock or whatever. And I remember distinctly playing that first record and I forget the song, but it was definitely one of the more, um, obnoxious let's say like the inflammatory writ song yeah maybe one maybe that one but it was definitely one where her her vocals and everything was just full on her which i love but i i understand why people make make fun of it because you know this old dude this dude you know 65 year old dude just walks in and immediately he's like who the hell strangling a cat in here (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh geez all right yeah yeah you know i i get what i get why people do put some of that stuff on her but you know if you're if you get it like like the review said like if you get it this stuff just hits you really hard and i mm-hmm. i find that to still be true um but yeah well caleb let's hear what what your thoughts about it are yeah yeah um yeah this is a big album for me um this yeah like i was saying earlier this came deep in my uh my freak folk phase like uh 
Yeah, I was doing the whole thing, man. I had the long Didn't hair. Did you have a name, Caleb? Did you have a hippie name? Uh, just Caleb. I feel like my <laughs> no, name's whimsical. No, no. Um, I believe you were going by Bear, Bear Bear, or Papa Bear. Was, I worked at a summer camp, <laughs> and they gave everyone a camp name, and mine was Brother Bear. Ooh, brother. Bear. I'm a big burly bear. Uh, but you're a straight and man. So that, and then so my DJ name in college was Bear Bear. <laughs> What's that? You are a straight man, so you might, there might be some appropriation there, bud. Yeah, sorry, out. I don't want to get canceled. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not very hairy too. I have like four chest hairs. Last time I counted. Uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah. So this we could call this that like my bears. nascent bear bear stages, you know. Um, actually, I wasn't doing college radio at that point. But anyways, I got like fucking bit by the freak folk flag, man. It was like it was the summer. Like this came out when 2006. Yeah. 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 So um, that was like summer 2006. Uh, a fellow friend of ours, Patrick, and then also Noah, you had showed me some like Devinger Banhart and stuff, and some yeah, pulls out to college record. with her kind of kind of getting into it. You know, it's a little hippified up north, and um, yeah, it's something about it. I think you know it could have been how horny and drug-addled I was at the time, and that music really really was doing it for me. Um, so I like deep into shit like Six Organs of Admittance and um, Devandra Banhart and uh, Bright Black Morning Light and stuff. So like kind of a Bright wide swash of morning light. Forgot yeah, that. that band fell off the pace of the fucking earth. Um, anyways, yeah, so I was like really into that stuff. And then I knew she was a part of that. And um, and then I had heard I had heard her previously and all kind of like tied that together. And I looked at like, oh, she toured with Vetiver at this point or she's in a band with Noah Gregerson or they were roommates and went to Mills together. So then I started like piecing all that together and then I was like, oh, I'll give this a listen. And um, yeah, I was like, I, I got that EP. I think I got it in Santa Barbara at Morning Glory. Was that the one of the spots in Santa Barbara? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got at Morning Glory when I was um, visiting Jen um, when she was still at UCSB, and um, I got that and that album. I really liked that. I listened to that today too, and um, that EP, the Yee Street Band, kind of came out between. I feel like it came out like not that before this album came yeah. out, like it a couple a, months or something. It actually came out a, a little bit afterwards in 2007. I I too was like, oh, didn't this come out before? Oh, it came but- out after. Yeah, it was in um, maybe like six months later or something in 2007, oh, okay. maybe later. But Crazy. definitely after this record, yeah. Right, because it had the version of the Cosmia, and that's all the C songs that are on there. Yep. Um. Anyway, so I guess um, <laughs> that's what happens when you're living the freak folk life. It's, you know, time is a flat <laughs> circle. It's not linear. Okay. The shit gets all crumbled up. So maybe I did experience that album earlier, but... Yeah, put down out. the bomb, pick up a calendar, later. bro. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just bongs, bro. Earth um, to Caleb. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I, I probably heard this before then. And um, back in my uh, hard drive days when I would just go to somebody's dorm room and they would dump a bunch of freaky music on my uh, hard drive and I'd crash my computer that my mom got me from Best Buy. Um, oh. So, yeah. And like loved it like i fucking loved it i liked um like i said it's like less songwriting i mean it's it's of course it's songwriting but it's less singer songwriter uh like milk eyed bender was it was really lush and really just blown out um so that took a little bit of getting used to but like i had a pretty good attention span at that point so i could sit with it i think i just listened to it a lot 
like at night and kind of like fall asleep to it. Um, not because it's boring at all, but because it just kind of lulls you into this like, you know, sleep phase. And um, yeah, that that got me through a lot up north um, at Humboldt, uh, the freak folks. And uh, which, you know, that kind of burned off, you know, within a couple years. And I got back into my true, true self. Um, but yeah, that, that always stayed with me. Like I said, I listened to that EP after that. And you said just really loved how just blown out it was and how cosmic and um, beautiful and moving it was. And like I said, I really liked just there's an underlying melancholy to it, but also a, just like a lust for life, you know, shout out Iggy Pop. Um, there's there's just that. like this like Shout this idea of like cruise ships yeah <laughs> carnival cruise lines carnival, carnival shout out but like this idea of like like you know i had the, i was in this mind frame too of kind of creating your own reality and like shaping it out of everything that you're interested in bringing all these like elements together and um yeah i thought it was like really life-affirming of an album too um despite some underlying like darkness and things so yeah right. it stuck with me and um yeah, and I just admire the shit out of what Joanna Newsom does, like musically and the person she is and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's good. it's very impressive. So, what's next, Caleb? Well, as your host, I will tell you. Um, how do y'all feel about it now, having listened to it in the past couple days or hours or whatever? I loved it. I thought it held up great. I really enjoyed it. I've been listening to it a lot. Although it is like I tried to listen to it just like walking the other day on my headphones. And I don't know, I think it's more, it's best served like on a stereo listening to it um, or maybe like on a road trip or something in your car speakers. But yeah, I, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, as I mentioned, I played it this morning and it was great. And it, you know, I, I've listened to it maybe four or five times in the couple last couple of weeks just for this and every time has been enjoyable and every time i find you know new lines that call out to me or you know new little uh flourishes you know a horn here or there that i didn't notice before um so i think this record really it it pays off for repeat listens um you know i tried to put it on when i was working and that it was a little too involved because like my brain just kept wanting to focus on the album instead of what i was doing you know because she you know it's, it's so compelling like her voice the little squeaks and you know creaks that you hear when she's kind of straining and it just feels very natural and very real like you can you can almost feel like you're in the room and you know and, and now when i listen to it now like that's kind of the sense i get of like the recording and and the the textures of it just speak to me in such a different way a deeper way um because i've listened to it so many times and you know it and it still offers a lot of fucking shit that that you know uh that you don't quite get if you just put it on once or twice and then kind of move on i think you have to be invested uh, to really absorb everything that's going on because there is a fucking lot of shit going on and even though it's five songs there's a lot of storytelling going on here. Like you're saying, no, like it, I mean, I, I kind of wish I had the lyric sheet in front of me. You know, I, I kind of did a little bit of uh, homework and went on genius and, and kind of read through some of, some of the stuff, but 
I think if you're sitting there and you're listening to it and you're looking at that cover with, you know, the, that really ornate Baroque painting of her and yeah. listening and, you know, reading the lyrics, like that's powerful. And it still has that power even after, you know, 14 years or whatever that, how long it's been 15 years would you rather date her or the abraxas lady um for ornate <laughs> painting album or covers abraxas you see see it all yep or what about the um what you got to understand was kids back in the day uh the cover of abraxas in your dad's record collection that was about as close as you got to porno that was that's only smut you could find it was free yeah, smut that, you gotta you gotta pass because it was art and, and god bless you if you ever uh, jizzed on the album cover because your dad would come home and uh he'd be real upset about that oh boy real upset. <laughs> i was gonna say that or like the gate that gatefold uh uh parliament funkadelic record with the naked lady on it uh, or the uh, God Forsaken fucking Blind Faith album. Oh cover. no! Oh yeah! Let's not. Yeah. Is that a the, painting though? No. Uh, no, that's it's a like picture. Eric that's Clapton's fucking girlfriend, dude. It's disguised. Those seventies guys <laughs> uh, are the all. The other one is uh, Scorpions, Virgin Killers. That album cover. Oh god. So that album, no. you can't that album even. Album fucking rips though. But that <laughs> album, if you Google it, it's like censored because it, it is legit child pornography. Like it's the Virgin Killers, the yeah, Blind Faith, or the Virgin Killers. The Virgin Killers. You can't buy that album with that album cover. Like you could get in trouble mm. for selling that online. It's that yeah. disgusting. Remember that movie that like the yeah. fake, like the direct to video um, movie Stone Age. It was supposed to be like uh, Days <laughs> Confused, but it, but it sucked. <laughs> but throughout that whole movie, they keep talking about this like woman, like very oh, yeah. machismo wise, like she looks exactly like the chick from the virgin killers album um but going back to this album this album cover that also threw me off where i was like what is it like ren fair shit what is this <laughs> it yes. is kind of that vibe but i mean i i wouldn't i think if you said that to her i don't think she would deny it i think she'd be like yeah like we that's yeah. exactly the vibe we were going for and I like if you look at cover it now yeah yeah, I mean, there's like a lot of weird little symbolism things, you know. Yeah. I think there's like, yeah. I forget exactly what, but there's she's like holding some stuff, and there's stuff going on in the background at the window, and yeah, it's 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 all of a piece, and you know, I think now I can appreciate that a little bit more too in hindsight, yeah. just seeing how everything was so thoughtfully put together, and you know, she she just she really like you're saying you said earlier, Caleb, she really put everyone else to shame because this this was definitely like a giant leap forward for all of this kind of folksy stuff in terms of like just the the way she she put it together the way she wrote it and you know i think that really totally. shows in that fact that it holds up still you know i yeah. mean and i think I a lot still, of those freak folkers were they were referencing old 60s albums that like were hard to get your hands on but now yeah. you can listen to any of that stuff all the time. So it's kind of like, eh, why even go back to those 2000 folky bands? But this is, but I think yeah, but, she stands out and, and you would want to go back to her. And even a lot of those bands, like you know, your Pentacles or whatever that those bands were ripping off, you really don't want to sit and listen to a whole album of that crap. It's a lot <laughs> of it's very like Ren Fairy. And like uh, you were saying earlier, like, oh, let me tell you a little story about an English chap. And <laughs> or or it gets into like kind of Ulysses. dubious politics of like, oh, let's talk about f uh, folklore and pagan stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah. it's like white never, in this album, she never goes full. Stuff. 
She never goes full like Tolkien. All uh, no, like, no, not at Zeppelin. all. Yeah, like when Led Zeppelin. What what's album is that on where he's like the evil Gollum and it's like what it's like the battle fuck? for oh this is just the evil one he just like calls it that's such that dude Led Zeppelin this is just uh, this is just <laughs> fucking J.R. Tolkien fanfic now on your record yeah. is that you ran out of lyrics that easily yeah which is crazy because um one of not crazy but a connection is one of John uh, Newsom's I read an interview one of her biggest like influences and vocally is Sandy Danny from Fairport Convention and mm. she's on a couple it's of a cool part. songs. What did you do there? I got high. <laughs> is that Fairport Convention? I don't know. Whatever. It's all the same. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. That song sucks. Um, yeah. Um, I could go into like my current reactions. Um, and yeah, I, I listened to it a few times. Um, the first time, like, I got to admit, it was hard to get through. I was like, when am I going to be in the right frame of mind to really sit down and absorb all this and the whole thing is like you guys are talking about like looking at like the album cover looking at the album artwork it really takes you back to like a phase where you were a lot less of a um a more involved listener you're not just like a passive listener and it's like you know you like watch an old movie and, like somebody sits on the ground like looks at the album cover like puts yeah. the album on and, like reads the lyric that. sheet i was like no one's ever fucking done that but this album kind of you kind of do want to do that you want to get enveloped by, by it because uh, there's a lot going on and like you don't want to miss everything and you want to just got to embrace the density of it and um yeah. yeah i thought it was still really really holds up definitely still slaps um I like in knowing kind of more about how orchestrated music works and things that are less kind of tethered to rock music and rock formats. I really kind of dig it in those terms now more uh, than I did when I first listened to it. Um, and I like how she just takes a central motif musically and lyrically and just expands on it and just goes extrapolates and goes into all these different areas and then will constrict and will like, it'll come back to things and then she kind of just goes off and it's like it's really free willing like that and um which is rad because a lot of orchestrated music classical music can be very staid and um just austere for us austerity's sake but this album's it's like it's very complex and she's doing a lot um yeah, i even wrote down it. i was just like is this what a is this what acoustic prog sounds like <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what Which, I was saying. If Caleb, anyone was like, can find acoustic prog music, please do your best to never send it to me. That sounds fucking. Caleb, I was thinking, <laughs> could this album just be turned into like a metal version of this album? Do it's used all the same lyrics and like progressions, but just metal it out? Um. Yeah, and bands do do that, and it's not very good. Um, there's a whole genre of people who take like folk, and like pagan Zeppelin? things, and um, <laughs> it's usually very corny and very um not well done you don't have the likes of van dyke parks uh metal. supervising it yeah it'll, it'll be like weird midi flutes and like you know maybe like <laughs> one person good. they found in their little town in sweden that can play like an old folk instrument but they're not very fucking good at it yeah. um right. let's so, move on no. let's listen to this stuff all right well uh, when we come back let's uh talk about our bops and our flops or slaps and our wax we'll be right back. and whackers and we're back. Um, yeah, my brother Noah seems really antsy and real horny to get into this. So let's give him what he wants, people. Let's uh, talk about our uh, slaps and wax. I can uh, I can just go into it. 
I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fuck. Do it. Yeah. Um, I'll preface this by saying uh, I only have slappers. It's really hard to even critique it in terms of slappers and whackers when it's like a it's like 12 minute long songs with I got the four, harp as the main I got four instrument. four duds and one slapper. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm teasing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's all of a piece. So it all works uh, together. And uh, but I think what highlights what I really like about the album is the just the how deep and dense and beautiful it is is only skin kind of comes towards the the bottom of the album um, and the part of it that I want there's a certain part of it I want to highlight where um, you know a homie of ours helps her out a little bit um, so let's let's hear that all right so here's a little only skin. Yeah, that uh, that that BC vocal drop, like that, just that kind of gives me like, you know, puts gives me goosebumps a little bit. That's like really, really good pace and songwriting. Um, yeah, I fucking love that song. That that keeps coming back to me. Ever listen to yeah. it? And I also like the the musical elements of it, like the arrangements and the layering with all the instruments. It kind of has that um Appalachian like mountain music kind of like feel to it. Um. Cause I know she references a, like a bunch of different world music, whether it's like Appalachian music, Klezmer music, all, all kinds of stuff. She's like a student mm-hmm. of music, obviously. Yeah. And I think the way she synthesizes all those different influences um, is just really effective. Um, and, you know, it doesn't hurt that Bill Callahan lends his like soothing baritone to all of it. And he whips um, it out on this one. Yeah, he totally whips <laughs> it out. That guy's a, he's a very aside. slight man, but go. he has BDE for sure. <laughs> um, I don't think he's that slight, Caleb. He's pretty big, dude. He'd fuck you up in a knife. <laughs> he could fuck me up, but I've seen him live and he's like skinny. He's like a he's skinny. He's a small guy. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah he might this be song's small. good. She says in this song, she does a lot of alliteration all over this album. Mm-hmm. And on this one, she has a great one. She says Sassafras and Sisyphus. It's one of her yeah. lyrics. <laughs> and she's also yeah, and- talking about picking a bitter herb. That she then like uses and makes it into like a paste and rubs it on somebody. So it's like, oh, that's like a weed teacher or whatever. <laughs> Smoking that bitter herb. Cocaina, maybe. Oh, yeah, know. maybe even the coke. That's that's a bitter herb you rub into a paste. Uh, she also says awfully real gun on this one. <laughs> there you go. That's the ghost face, ghost face call out. Uh but back to Bill Callahan's vo- well. his voice, Kiki. Your wife, Noah, pointed this out to us. Corner. (laughs) (laughs) Pointed this out to it. it, His voice basically sounds like an instrument. Like it's like yeah, that's true. You can't really. He doesn't enunciate that much. You can't really hear the lyrics. Um, Mm -hmm. You can, but he sounds like a just like a a bass, like a double bass. Yeah. Um. And that's super fucking rad because he takes even though it's like a feature. It's weird that you think of music like this having features, but that's totally what it is. Um, 
And uh, YouTube Music needs to change their description to say, I want a parentheses, F-E-A-T, period, Bill Callahan. Um, <laughs> well, right? I, I don't know, because I, yeah. <laughs> I think it works better not having him listed because it, it is more of a textural thing. Or Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that especially um, his vocals and then also her sister, Emily's vocals, like they're they're brought in at such a in such a like and layered in so perfectly like they're they don't come out of the gate. I mean, well, actually, one song, I think, has uh, some double lyric, uh, vocalizations early on. But yeah, and I couldn't tell. In... Was she doubling her own voice? Was she singing her own or is that her sister? No, I think voice? I think that's her sister. Oh, okay. um, but anyway, either way, it's always done really really tastefully and brought in like at the perfect time oh yeah it and it it does it's not necessarily like you're saying caleb it has a musicality to it that that's beyond just kind of like the harmony it it adds to the whole yeah. the whole layer like every all the layers matter like all the pieces yeah. matter you know all the layers matter like it's it and it's all working so well and because it's recorded perfectly you know by by uh, albini and um the other cat Boyle. um I think that it and it mixed super well. I think that it it fits. It's dense, but it also it, ha, it has some air, so you never feel o- yeah. completely overwhelmed. Even though Absolutely. she's she's you know hitting you with a bunch of fucking vocals vocals and vocalizations and words, it it never feels overwhelming in the way that it sometimes you know when you listen to other things it can. And there's a, and I feel like there's a lot of there's almost a looseness to it too. Um, it's it's not uptight and so some of those things like that like the the bc vocal drop uh it's kind of jarring in a way because it's not right on the beat you know it's it's a little bit off it mm-hmm. like so it's a little bit more surprising and that makes it a little more engaging and it's only for a half of the verse he comes in yeah he goes he's like drops in and, and out it's gone. like he's in it for like a minute yeah and it's yeah. and it's like whoa who's this weird specter that just came in and haunted this song and I mean, but now it, it's a 16 minute album, song, you know, so this album has a lot like <laughs> it's on one side saying, of the album. This album has a lot of um, common with hip hop. You know, you got, you well, got features, I put on my Caleb wordplay. It has a feature on it. You know, dude, Caleb on the on the only skin I put. There's a section in the song where she starts singing really kind of fast. And it's almost like she's rapping. Yeah. It's, I can't remember what she says, but it's like she's listing off all this shit. Hmm. Um, but uh, I also just got to say, I think this might be an easy comparison, and I never heard her talk about. Um, but like Joni Mitchell, I think we've got to say, right? There's she had to be influenced by Joni Mitchell, just the way Joni Mitchell uses nature imagery and is also a storyteller and a very good uh guitar player and dulcimer player, very ornate uh picking like guitar picking sound that that uh joni mitchell does so i wonder if she is influenced by joni mitchell but i mean I, um, I would... yeah she is i read an interview she's uh she's um especially influenced by the the blackface album oh, where joni boy. mitchell wears blackface and uh, is dressed up like a um a african-american i believe man. she's supposed to be dressed up like um or it's mink uh what's his name charles mingus right isn't that the name of that album it's like something mingus or something my uh, yeah. um, maybe it's an album cover and i see i've seen it at a store before and um it's it's not great it's not a good i think jackal yeah. pastorius is on that album as well which is oh cool. yeah maybe jackal 
Um, it's a Don Juan's Reckless Daughter is the name uh, of that album. Never mind. But she shreds. Prince also heavily influenced by Joni Mitchell. Yeah, I think I think you can't if you're playing folk music of any kind in the past, you know, 40 years, I think it's it's hard not to be influenced or at least, you know, respect Joni Mitchell. I mean, she obviously was doing a lot yeah, of the same things. Respect Joni- on her name. <laughs> she was doing a lot of the things that Joanne Newsom's doing, you know, back in the day with the yeah, the the intricate storytelling, the kind of more involved playing, you know, it uh so I think there is kind of a direct line between the two. Um and actually I think Joni Mitchell got a lot of the same shit that Joanna Newsom gets now for being, you know, the uh, kind of fay and hippie, coy and, hippie yeah. and all that shit. And um, you know, and I I think neither of them deserve it because their artistry just is beyond that i mean yeah and i'd also throw dolly Parton into the mix too as i think like yeah, a badass certainly. guitar player storyteller i mean i don't just want to name women singer songwriters but i don't know i think she is well in terms of just- the appalachia stuff i think there there is a country influence as well on this album. oh definitely yeah, there's like dulcimer and banjo and shit on this album. The, like... Now I don't want to get in trouble here. Are we still calling it a Jew harp? Is that is that the? <laughs> I think that is the proper nomenclature. Or is, yeah. it, or is it called a pedal harp? Okay, but no, anyway, the, the Jew harp... harp's the mouth harp. Okay, yeah. there's mouth harp a couple times. A pedal right? harp is just a full forty-seven stringed um, harp. It's a full-size harp. Is a pedal harp. It has seven pedals that changes the pitch class. Oh, and that's what she plays. That's what she plays. Yeah. But there is a mouth harp going on uh, yeah. a few times. And that, when they do that, it always it's always like a one-minute little country song, like within the grander <laughs> folk song. It's cool when they do that. They do it yeah. twice, I believe. Is there any jug on this album? Oh, I, like there, I don't know. There needs to be some good jug. There might She's be a on big that. big 13-floor elevators fan. Too, yeah. yeah. I, before Rocky Erickson died, I think it was like a year before I saw it, Hardly Strictly Bluegrass. And they had a dude come out and do the jug solo. He ripped. The jug guy, <laughs> I think he died young, unfortunately. I think it was his son, actually, who was, who yeah. was his new, um, not What's Rocky Erickson's son. The his leader, son of jug. Yeah. yeah. The leader of, even though Rocky Erickson wrote the songs and was like the guitar god, the leader of that band was the jug player. Like he was like the band leader. Like everybody's like, yeah, he, he, he calls the shots. Like he's like the yeah. head honcho of this band. <laughs> like, of, I was like, really? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. He, he saw, tried. he saw which way the wind was blowing. He's like in 10 years, everyone's going to be ditching guitar. Jug. And jug is going to be every like front guy. <laughs> That's like where people put all their money on the saxophone being the main uh, instrument in rock and roll. And um, I think it should have been, I think uh, you know, I'll stand here today and say that. Well, the Bring big man, rest in peace from the Yeast Street Band. If he, he taught us anything, Clarence Clemens. Clarence Clemens, baby. So you want the class. kids to dance to your music? It's like you put on a saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's my feelings. I think that song um, encompasses everything I, I really enjoy about this album. What about you, Adrian? What are your bops? So. Slappers. There's a few I could call out. Um, uh, let's see. I think the one for me, like the personally, the one that always hit the hardest was Cosmia. Yeah. Um, which I think deals with uh, the death of the untimely death of one of her, her best friends, childhood best friends. 
Um, but I don't know, yeah. for whatever reason, that one always struck me. And it's interesting because that 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 song is actually kind of the most song like of all of them. Yeah, it does the shortest, have kind of a, I believe the shortest. It comes at oh, a terse nine minutes. Uh seven minutes, actually, but oh. and it is the shortest. Um, yeah, so you're right. But uh that's why you're the that's why you're the researcher, man. <laughs> um the man with the stopwatch. I, I gotta fact check you on that. Um uh, but anyways, I got it. <laughs> The, the the for whatever reason that one the lyrics the sound of it always hit hard and then when the uh, we mentioned it earlier the East Street Band uh, EP came out the the version of Cause Me on that I always really loved you know it's kind of a more uh, even more folksy version I yeah think, the orchestration. It, gets, it gets jammy and it definitely does like the the mountain music thing yeah totally more, yeah this song has accordion on it I'm not a huge accordion fan I'll just say that but I still like the song. I saw a dude uh, serenading somebody with an accordion yesterday out wow. in public. <laughs> wow. Is he singing like polka? Probably singing some like weird old horny French song. Um, There's but cool actually, percussion on this song as well. Oh, definitely. Um, but it's funny you mentioned the accordion because that's actually Van Dyke Parks playing the accordion. Uh, oh, right. Ah. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll play a little bit of Cosmia here so we get a little taste. Down by the river, brought me bread and water, kiss in the can. Now in the quiet hour, when I am sleeping, I cannot keep the night from coming in. I mean, definitely some Disney Disney strings vibe on that. Yeah, song. that's that yeah. little. <laughs> That's squishy. Um, but I don't Her know. Her voice like, is so much more like, I'm not saying she wasn't like in control of her voice on her first album, but it's so, it's like more heavy. It's like more confident or something. Yeah. Know. She kind of takes away a lot of those affectations from that first yeah, album. Yeah. It's more just yeah. like, I'm going to belt yeah. everything. Like yeah. she hit it. She came into her own a little bit. I think maybe on that first record, she, it, she, you can kind of hear her be a little bit more, tentative with her Ticky, voice like little ticks yeah. yeah i think on this one she just fully embraced it and it's interesting because later right she got um some throat polyps and had surgery and it kind of oh, altered sure. the tone of her voice so if you notice on the next record she does kind of there's a different kind of textural vibe to her voice um, same with uh same thing happened to joni mitchell only hers was from like smoking and doing cocaine for several years but uh yeah um, but I think I don't know the the lyrics, the the vibe of the song, just everything about it. Really, it always hits me really emotionally, um, and it, it always has. Like even from the first listens, it was like always a song that I really connected to. Um, so yeah, Cosmia, that lo I love that song. Yeah, that's a gorgeous song. Um, it's a very, very good song. Yeah. What about you, Noah? Um, so there's two songs that I really want to highlight. Uh, I'll go with like my low key slapper and it's, it's a song that kind of like it made the album click for me in a way where the story where it's like, oh, okay, you kind of have to follow this album and sit with it a little bit. And uh, it's the monkey and bear um, just tells a great story. It, it's kind of like, it reminded me of like the Orwell book animal farm kind of like, Oh yeah. It's like this metaphor for like 
like in trap, like working class people and like uh, trying to break out of that. Um, well, I think it also is kind of a metaphor for an abusive relationship as well. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, the monkey. I thought kinda... it was just about like a monkey and a bear of friends, a la like a Disney, <laughs> no, a Disney cartoon. I believe they're married, Kale. Yeah, I, I thought think it was like an unmade Disney cartoon that's like on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Monkey and Bear. In like the 30s that has some like weird racist character in it for no reason. <laughs> Disney, if you're listening, uh, please give us writing credit for that future Monkey and Bear film. Yeah, yeah I want yeah, an option for that. Um, but yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think it's also kind of a, a metaphor for... Um, I don't know if her relationship with uh, Homie w- was abusive but it certainly sounds like it had some mm, some dark moments and i think this song kind of speaks to that as well because like you're saying it animal farm vibes um in terms of like the the animals breaking free from from their kind of slave masters but you know the the monkey also keeps the bear trapped basically in this relationship and and it's also it's kind of reminded me of a, a mice and men where like the bear is like Lenny mm. and the monkey is like uh what was the other guy's name in that book Tom or something or no like I said I can't read or I don't <laughs> want to it's been Lenny wow. and, uh, long for was me. it Lenny and Carl was that the Simpsons <laughs> yeah let's just say Lenny and Carl Lenny and Carl but how you know Lenny's like this big strong dude and the bear the monkey's always afraid of the bear being a real bear and getting like seen as a bear Mm -hmm. she's like dude stop going to town and like bathing in those those uh underwater caves like people are gonna freak out and uh she's afraid the lyrics she says sooner or later you're gonna bear your teeth which is Mm -hmm. kind of a cool play on words and then at the end of the song she says sooner or later you're gonna bury your teeth so it's kind of clever Anyway, but yeah, you want to hear some of that? Let's hear some of yeah. that. His name was George Noah. George. Yeah, George. Oh, George, of course. He's like, George, I killed a rabbit, George. Look at the flowers. And we can't have none of that. Move along, bear, 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 life's that. Broadcasting, blaster. Our soul is heartbeat faster than monkey. Kind of a little rapping on that one. <laughs> she also in that song at one point she says jerking off swans down and leather. I was like, hmm, I don't know what that means, but I like it. <laughs> I like the image that that invokes for some <laughs> reason. Jerking off swans down. I don't know what swans down is either. But yeah, like a there's pillow. a lot of archaic kind of references too in this. Uh, actually, especially in this song, but I think it ends really beautifully where the bear eventually, you know, becomes a constellation, and that's yeah, you know, he dies, right? He gets God, yeah, yeah, and then, uh, in death becomes, you know, I forget the metaphor is something like holding up the bear skin and you see the holes where oh, it was yes. worn thin, yeah. you know, which is just super evocative and heartbreaking and beautiful and and when she's describing like his death it's pretty gnarly she's like his arms fell off first like that was pretty easy they like chopped off his arms and then it's like 
his stomach got like filled with stones and he like sunk to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> so that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You know, it would be weird would, if you saw Joanna Newsom driving a car. That would be so weird <laughs> to see her like at a like a like a Ford Focus or like a, a Prius got, or something. Just like got in that LA. SNL money now. She, she, I, I'm not her. saying that she can't afford a car. It would just be weird to see her at the helm of like a modern ass looking machine, like a vehicle. It'd be like that's weird. That doesn't square with my perception of her. She's married to a cop, right? <laughs> well, he plays yes. one on TV. That's for sure. He does play I think one that show got TV. canceled for the 50th. They're going to turn it into a post office, I think. Caleb, <laughs> you reminded me of something. Because you know Andy Sandberg is a Bay Area boy. So I was actually yeah, shout thinking. Shout out Berkeley. He also fell Santa Cruz alum. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I was shout actually, out Bay Slugs. I was thinking that uh, I was actually picturing them driving around like in the Bay and Sandberg is like, oh, babe, this reminds me of like when I get high in high school, like we got to listen to like Too Short right now. It's a Grizzly like, Peak or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because he's also like a supposed rapper guy with that trash Lonely Island. Fuck, shut the fuck up, Lonely Island. I hate that shit. But anyway, it's like we only need one Weird Al. We don't need another one. <laughs> um, well it's like your theory it's like hip-hop is already funny you don't need to make fun of something that's the funniest yeah, music there is or the most humorous their own sense of humor you don't need to add yeah. your fucking white boy version of it but anyways but i was thinking like he's like oh babe we gotta check out this e40 song it takes me back to my <laughs> childhood it's like just him and joanna cruising around they get pulled over, but then the cop is like, oh, dude, you're the, the, the dude from fucking Reno 9 The dick of the box guy. Reno 911. <laughs> you're cool. <laughs> He's not on Reno 911. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's Reno 911, baby. <laughs> That'd be funny. Short. That's like a, I've always wanted to do that is like see a celebrity in public and then get like the like what i shout at them be like slightly incorrect like if you saw andy sanford you're like what's up reno 911 like jewel jewel thief thing and um uh john malkovich being john malkovich everybody thinks he's in a jewel thief movie he's like uh yeah oh, yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah and then my my slapper the song that i really love like this is a song for me that I'll always come back to you. Like I think it's such like a sad song, but it's great. Is uh, and it's just her and the harp, um, sawdust and diamonds. I would say is my yeah. slapper. Great track. Let's hear a little bit. Swings a low sickle arc from its perch in the dark. Settle down, settle down, my desire. And the moment I slept, I was swept up in a terrible tremor. Though no longer bereft, how I shook and I couldn't remember. And in the furthermost shake, drove a murder and staking and cleft me right down to my center. Um, Adrian, if you don't mind, can you play the last? I guess it'd probably be like twenty seconds of the song. Just the last. Play the verse. last twenty minutes of that song. <laughs> <laughs> just the last verse always really kills me. That like from the top of the stairs line when she's like, "For the rest of my life," because he's talking about like a person who died. I think. Well, yeah. If you go back just like five seconds from that. 
white white stairs through the rest of my life do you wait for me there yeah because i think that whole song is all about like death and losing a person or something because she sings she sends something like like though our bodies may break and something the grip of the soil like it's about like being like dead and buried but you know what the people that are left you know kind of yeah. dealing with someone who's gone it's a very powerful song it has a total like transcendentalist vibe to it too about like the physical and the material parts of dying and like returning to the water and the soil and earth and all that kind of imagery yeah which is yeah. fucking cool yeah, it's a you know what Joanna song. Newsom should do? What you know those like videos you'll send us every once in a while? No, it's like some rapper in like a white void, and they're like explaining their lyrics or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are those? I don't know if it's like rap genius or something. They're like these old whole series. She should do one though. They should get her in the chair, sit on the stool, and have her like break down some of these bars. She should do a track on like a ghost face or something. Just him rapping over the harp, and she does the fucking the hook. That's why that's why I miss um, music festivals so much because you could get things like that little you can make you can put something together like that pretty the sawdust pretty diamond song too she uses that parallel structure again uh, pa- parallel structure she says swallow your sadness eat your cold clay lift your long face so it's kind of that alliterate uh, literative devices that she's using is cool you think she's talking about a horse when she says lift your long face why the long face i think she's just <laughs> telling a joke that was like her humor she's like a, I, I think it's a horse a monkey and a bear walking to the bar they're like why the big paws and they're like, um she also <laughs> there's a lyric in that that makes me laugh for some reason <laughs> she says like while i write in my log but it's just the way she sings it. She's like, why am I right in my log? Like, no, it's not a diary or a journal. <laughs> yeah. It's a log. So you're just like, it's like an incident report. <laughs> she's like the captain. Yeah. Um, yeah, she talks just, about logs. She talks about well, ledgers. Yeah, she talks about the, the next lyric is when I hear a noise from the hole. So it's like uh, yeah, from a ship. Very nautical on this. Um, a lot of water imagery on this. Yeah. yeah. What are you guys a uh, little little spontaneous uh, little spontaneous top five? What are your uh, top five nautical dramas? Dramas. I was talking about this the other night with my uh, like my Moby other siblings. Dick? Nautical dramas. So movies. like, uh, what's the, cl- the Clooney media. one with uh, the Perfect Storm? Got a Perfect oh, Storm. Perfect Hangover movie. Uh, perfect Storm. Titanic. Oh man, we didn't even uh, talk about that on our list. River Wild. Uh, Was that the Kevin Bacon October? one? Yeah, Kevin Bacon and Meryl Streep. A little two-hander. Oh wait, no, yeah. Oh, and then there's the other river. A river runs through it. Is that the Brad Pitt joint? Pitt, baby. Pitt and Sam Neill, I think, plays his dad. Or no, not Sam Neill. What's the guy from? Uh, play Strawberry and Cheech and Chong. Oh, uh, Tom oh. Berenger. No, no. Um, he looks like Tom Berenger. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't Stacey, like weird. Stacy, uh, uh, Stacy Keach. 
No, no. No, he plays no. the. He plays. He's that's also in Lord Yeah, Lord He's in Harold and Maude. God damn, what's his name? He's a cop. He's in Picket Dude, Fences. Up in Smoke, like fucking holds up. <laughs> that is a banger ass movie like it's still it's funnier now like as an adult than you know when you're like a stoned little kid we'll save that one for our uh movies his name's uh pod. tom skirt skirt that's who you're thinking of yeah now. skirt 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 <laughs> tom skirt um, that's right. right that's Let's right do what so we listened to only skin cosmia sawdust diamond monkey and bear you know what the fuck now, is left we got one uh, left. One left, Emily. And it's a fucking dud. Get rid of it. Yeah. Make it a four-song no. album. It's long enough. <laughs> yeah. This song slaps. The first song is cool. So when I got on vinyl, I was like, oh, shit, the whole first side is just this one song. And so I was like, damn, I'm getting my steps in today. Listen to this record. I kept having to get up and flip it. Yeah. Is, is it a double record? Yeah, double. So it's Emily is one side, and then – on the B side of disc one is Monkey and Bear and Sawdust and Diamonds. And then the last, the second LP is just uh, Only Skin on one side and Cosmia, I think, on the other side. Something like that. All right. Shall we hear a little bit of Emily? Might as well, I guess. Here we go. And the media is just what we see. And the meteoroid is a stone that's devoid of the fire. I actually got a little bit of backstory on that song. I didn't Um, know any of that shit about the difference between a meteor, a meteoroid, and a meteorite. That was a very informative song. So the backstory of that song is that her sister who sings on, I'm not sure if she's on this track. I think she is actually, but anyways, uh, her sister is a um, astrophysicist or something like that. So this is based on a real story of uh, basically them, you know, she, she, in the interview that I was reading earlier, she describes her sister as kind of a wanderer. And, and so she would just kind of follow her sister and her sister would, would kick this knowledge about you know the cosmos and stuff and i think this song is kind of all about that about you know their relationship let's go over it boys what did we learn the meteor is the source of the light the The meteor meteor, right is a a rock that just propels the light from the the void right or something yeah so the meteoroid is like the physical rock and the meteor the meteor is the light that's right and then the meteorite is what we see so that's how you it's three parts to a meteor and there i never knew imagine this conversation happening like at a party it's like a slight <laughs> full of somebody passing a joint and someone's yeah. like mid toke and they're like no what the meteorite is <laughs> you know what this song is about man uh, <laughs> this song yeah. is about is about meteors man that's yeah when people say like i saw a meteor one time it's like no you didn't you saw a meteor right fucking liar fucking idiot um there i took a lot of notes on this song there's a lyric in here where she says another i had to bust out the dictionary she said hydrocephalitic oh yeah hydrocephalic that means you got a bad case of the syphilis that's what i put i was like is that some old-timey form of syphilis 
but it's actually you know what it is caleb it's water brain it's when you get water in your brain oh yeah water brain water brain <laughs> water shout brain. out philly yep water uh, yeah. another fun fact she also says mouth of the south in this album so uh, like on the this wrestler song. so it reminded me of the wrestler <laughs> promoter jimmy hart yeah wow so I was like, that's cool. She's a wrestling fan. She's pulling from a bunch of different references. Um, <laughs> also, real quick on this, I'll get rid of one last note. Nothing we do here is real quick. Oh, I wanted to highlight <laughs> I wanted to highlight a, a lyric that gave me like Cormac McCarthy vibes, where she's talking about skipping a rock on the water. And she mm-hmm. and so she says, uh, frowning at the angle. Over yeah, frowning at the angle, they were lost and slipped under forever. In a mud cloud, Micah spangled like the sky had been breathing on a mirror. I just thought that like that'd be how Cormac McCarthy would describe somebody skipping a rock. Like ah, oh, the angle went bad, so then the rock was like lost forever in the sea. Or it's kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, that person died alone in the desert yeah, with the murdered. self-same misery. <laughs> shout out cormac favorite writer all right well i think we've we don't really have anything whack right to, to really wax. interrogate no wax i guess i don't know maybe just because there's accordion on it like maybe cosmia is my least favorite but whatever i still love yeah it. <laughs> i would say like the whack element none of the songs are whack is just and it's more of a personal thing it's more about me than it's about the album is just i don't know when i would listen to this album like the like where it fits into my listening diet you know well, for it's me like it's i a, listen to it on sunday bit. nights because i'm missing the game of thrones you know and this game gives me game of thrones vibes you know total game yeah. of thrones hashtag game of thrones vibes scratches that itch you know she does have yeah. a lyric about Tyrion. again Tyrion and the spider king or whatever I See, that's what's books. funny that's what's lame that. about that fucking led zeppelin song because he straight up just says like golem the evil one that's like in <laughs> contemporaneous terms if somebody said they made a song there's like interior lannister and they just put that in a fucking song people like oh you dude, can be a little bit wait. more poetic and a little bit just wait drake's next album is going to be called like Tyrion. it's going to be how he's like he's like comparing himself to game of thrones characters <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, Caleb, I, I agree. I, I think it's not exactly a casual listen. I think that you have to kind of set aside time for it. And I yeah. don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's no. that's part of what makes this album great. But it's certainly not something like, oh, I'm going to go work out the gym and I throw on yeast. Like, it's not breezy like that. <laughs> I've um, gotten, dude, I've gotten some gains to, to yeast before. Dude. I've shredded <laughs> to yeast. I do Zumba to uh, only skin all the time. I do squats to cockle calorie. Or whatever um, that's on. Oh, real quick, guys. Numbers. So we should get into the where are they now, right, Caleb? But just before I don't know, back, Noah, you seem to be the host. Um, <laughs> well, Caleb, just real quick. Yeah, as long as we, you know, we got nothing else whack to say, we can move. We can move on to there. I no, Caleb. I wanted to say one last thing. I got all the. I wrote down all the animals that are mentioned. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I didn't do all the plants because I was just like too many. And then sometimes I didn't know what was a plant and what wasn't. <laughs> yeah. and so she goes, look, so here we go. Meadowlark, chimchurri, sparrow, baboon, sows, grouse, horse, hen, birds, monkey, bear, blackbirds, dove, dogs, 
snails, butterflies, hound dog, fish, mussels, spiders, sea cow, which I guess is like a mantatee, uh, bats, and brown bird. So there you go. Like a it's regular trip to the zoo. Yeah, it's a Joanna's Ark over here. <laughs> nice. Nice. It's like that movie, um, Ethan Almighty, the sequel to Evan, Evan Almighty. Almighty. <laughs> or like Evan Almighty was the sequel to Bruce Almighty. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. let's not forget the completely forgotten uh, Noah movie, the Darren Aronofsky joint that doesn't that exist anymore. Trip me out, bro. Oh, right. <laughs> exactly. He tried to sneak that one past us, but. When's that guy going to get canceled? Can we start that campaign? <laughs> what? Yeah, just because you want to? Cancel Aronofsky? Just because yeah. he's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with him. He seems like a delightful guy, but yeah, he's just exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's time for. Uh, I have a feeling I, it's time for another Requiem for a Dream rewatch. It's time. Ooh, once every ten years, baby, yeah. you gotta do it. <laughs> ash um, to ash. All right, Kale, let's go, host. Let's go, host. All right. Um, so, what are what are we gonna rate this? I give it a nine point five. You guys can think it over. We don't need to jump right into it. You like to do things slow and low here, just like this album. You know, take our time. I do nine point five. Wow. Uh, actually, I'm gonna agree. That was my. That was what I was gonna say. Nine five. I think it's. I mean, nine four is already pretty high, but I think it just nine five is a nice round number. Yeah. I don't. I mean, maybe that should be a ten. I don't know, even know what it's missing or whatever. But I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of think... hard to rate. I don't know it. I would put it higher, but I think it's just a little bit too. There's a little bit of editing that could be done. The songs are amazing, but I think that there might be oh, some areas Harvey to scissor trim. hands. Chop this bad boy up. Come <laughs> Call on, back. Adrian. Yeah, I uh, I don't know, but it, again, it's it's you know nine point five ten like it it's yeah. kind of arbitrary like yeah it, it's a it's a classic it's an it's a stone cold classic let's call it that it's a stone cold classic like yeah. out of the gate stone cold classic nine you guys five, want to know what my rating in. is go ahead Here. I I got a number um I give this a a nine I would say you know um nice. yeah it's a really very really solid album i feel like like you said there could be a little bit of editing and some of the just density of it's a little overwhelming at times um so yeah i gave it a nine pretty good pretty fucking good so what does that so, come out so to? Nine, tabulating four let's uh tabulate do, 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 do. put it in the supercomputer yep okay I did that completely wrong. <laughs> it's like a 9.3. This, this is great radio, everyone. I'm going to guess, Adrian, what's your guess? I'm going to guess it's a 9.3. It's got to be something like that, right? <laughs> yes. 9.2. If you round up, it's a 9.3. It comes up to 9.266666667. Nice. Right. Lots of 9.3. 9.3 so not yeah, too far that's, off that's, that's fucking yeah it's like right on the money almost with what they gave it um but we all know that's just the bullshit scale um <laughs> the real scale is the scale would by all music should be measured against and that is 
Would you rather listen to the five tracks on this album or listen to Grammy award-winning 1999 hit Smooth by Carlos Santana featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 from the platinum album Supernatural an equal amount of times? You know, these <laughs> Smooth just seems not anywhere in the same world. Like you, <laughs> if you told an alien, like these are both versions this is what these we call musics. Music. <laughs> like, no, yeah. <laughs> one has to be different. Than you. you can't call these the same thing. Like that's insane. But uh, I could I could listen to this album and then do another five, a tight five on smooth. Yeah, just it, a little come down. Just come to down. balance it out, we should probably hear that the last ten seconds of uh, Cosmia <laughs> and then the first ten seconds of smooth, just for the juxtaposition. Yeah. All right. I well, mean, uh, can... while Adrian gets that together, I'll. <laughs> if just a little smooth in the beginning, listen to Yeast all the way through, and then, yeah, come down, you know, get more on the street left, or I've been in the celestial realm yeah. with what this album offers. I could picture down Santana. On the streets, dancing with people. They both got the Bay Area connection. Yeah, I could picture Santana getting high and listening to this. Like he went to a benefit for like gavin newsom and he's like hey santana my my niece is a musician too check her out and he's like okay man you're freaking me out but uh yeah i'll go back to my mansion and listen to it and then he's like this is crazy it's good i like it no are you breaking the news that the two news those two newsoms are related i think they're cousins twice removed i believe (laughs) i looked that up no need to nobody no need to look that up that is fact henceforth um the greatest gavin newsom quote was when he's talking about gay marriage and they used to play oh it yeah on, legendary on, commercial they used to play it on uh like republican ad campaigns all yep. the time they'd be like you can't stop gay marriage it already happened and it's like why are you making gay marriage seem so nefarious with that <laughs> fucking villain voice just like it's so weird the the tone uh, google yeah uh, he kind of like YouTube. set them up but the best yeah. part is at the end of that commercial it says whether you like it or not yeah, whether and then you it says like gay marriage whether you like it or not <laughs> oh, those are simpler times yeah oh man that's really making me miss my, my uh, radio hero rush wherever you are man rest easy uh, yeah we got these mics for you rush yeah, like all right of, i'm a big ditto your, head the quality of your podcast is just it's reprehensible you guys need to get fucking microphones these I guys are these, a bunch of I tell leftists these kids, i tell these kids all the time all right audio purity is purity of heart purity of family it's uh you sound good you look good you make money okay all right here's here is a little bit of Cosmia going into Santana's Smooth.
Okay. It wasn't that just do not fix that, that in post. <laughs> that dramatic pause was awesome. <laughs> wow. Okay. That um yeah, I like think if the you algorithm like knew those two songs were queued up and they're like it wouldn't let them play together. It's like Smooch just overtook the end of that other song. Do you think uh, Andy Sandberg, Andy Old Sandbags, and uh, Joanna are like rocking out to Smooth in the morning every once in a while, dancing with their baby? <laughs> I hope so. Shit. Yeah, I think they're I think they're a fun couple. They're they're a, they're a good hang probably. Andy. I was trying to think of a Andy's how I do an Andy Samberg impersonation. It's like she has a harp. It's like the loveliest harp. It's such a lovely thing that I hear her harp, and it made me fall in love with her. <laughs> how was that? Is that pretty close? Spot on. She had a lovely harp. Yeah, that's a good Andy Samberg. That's the only Andy Samberg uh, I've ever heard aside from him. Do you know that Fred Armisen? This was a. I think Kiki told me this. Wifey's corner. That uh, he was the one who was like, hey, you got to come to this show. And then he like fell in love with her watching her play like one song. Yeah, I've, I read that on Wikipedia. But then which makes me think it's like, Fred, that guy's an old horn dog. Why wasn't he <laughs> going after that? He's a noted playboy. Can't keep it in his pants. That might have been his uh, He's also Moth days. The Moss. Is that why he brought her on Portlandia? He was trying to like break them up. <laughs> you gotta be on you gotta be on the show. You gotta be on the show. Which is, you know, a perfect segue into where are they now? Where, What's her deal now? Where aren't they now? She's everywhere. No, uh, she hasn't made music in like what six years? No, yeah, she's, divers um, came out. That came yeah, out that six was, years ago, yeah. Yeah, so she's made a few. She's actually appeared in a couple of movies. Uh, probably most famously, oh, yeah. Inherent Vice. Uh, I think she was did a song or was on the in the Muppet movie. I haven't seen the new Muppet movies at all, so I don't know. But I think she has a song on there, or or at least appeared and performed in one of them. She's in her she's in her hubby's movie, Pop Stop Never Stop Her. Never Pop Star, Never Stop Never, stop, never Stopping. Never stopping you know. Yeah. Um, you know, interesting thing, her character in Inherent Vice, uh, her name is Shortilage, so, which is an old-timey term for magic. Huh. Shortilage, yeah. Cool. We'll, we'll wow. dive into that in our Pinch On podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do all media. We're going to do books, movies, <laughs> other podcasts. Well, I just think boards. that uh, we're going to do Rainbow. every episode of The Shadow. The radio play The Shadow. <laughs> yeah. We're also uh, going to get all of the publication High Society, if you guys are familiar with that, and go through every page of that. Tijuana Bibles as well. Uh, frame by Tijuana frame. Bibles. We know Tijuana a lot about Bible. those here. Yeah, I have one with Popeye and olive oil that you guys really, uh, we really need oh, to dive into. What happened? What, what, what do they do? Oh, well, um, let's just say there's some hilarious misunderstanding. And uh, ah, yeah. Yes. All right. That you ain't guys, spinach, kids. Yeah. <laughs> you guys well, want to play a game? If you're listening to this, and you most certainly are, um, we you miss slap, you. Make some more music. You, you slap, slap girl. girl. Slap that harp. Uh, you want to do uh, a game? Yeah, let's play a game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's take let's a break. Do it. And then we'll play the game. And welcome back to Whack or Slaps. I hope everyone had a good bio break. Grabbed yourself a. Another harp beer out of the fridge. 
<laughs> so I'm gonna turn it over to our uh on brand resident. When's the last time you had a harp? I don't think I've ever had a harp. Uh, I what only drink it? those for black and tans, right? It's an like ale, harp right? And, harp and Guinness. It's an Irish yeah. thing. I almost bought yeah, a six don't pack of order Bex that in today. Ireland though. Why black yeah. and tan? Yeah, those there's the loyalists. Um, some negative connotations there. Oh, I think the black also, and tans are the loyalists, like the Ulster nationalists. Also, if you order an Irish car bomb, your car will explode. <laughs> they do not get the joke. It doesn't translate. Shout out IRA. No. Yeah, shout out IRA. Shout out IRA, yes. dude. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah, keep it up. Come back. Keep fighting the good fight. You. Yeah, we miss you. You and Joanna Newsom need to come back in 2021. All right, Noah, resident game master. We got for us. So I did. I was trying to think of some games, and I was like, ah, fuck it. Let's go for the old Pitchfork Price is Right Freak Folk Edition. Oh, nice. So I have some albums, and what I'll ask you guys is to guess what you think Pitchfork rated them, and whoever's closest without going over wins. Um, yeah, and I understand this game is really easy to play if there's two people because you just always – short the other person <laughs> it works better <laughs> if there's three or four people but whatever you guys can play at home uh so here we go first album 2016 yes freak folk survived the next decade <laughs> we got animal collective painting with did you guys even oh. realize that animal collective had an album in 2016 no i stopped caring a long time probably after <laughs> we all saw them live that time where you did the beer nato the beer they the infamous beer they kind of killed it live i'm gonna say that they, that, that was a fun show I, yeah shout out fox fun. theater that yeah i've fun. seen them a couple of times and uh that was probably the funnest um but uh that that one i actually got because i uh was subscribed to domino some kind of record thing where you they would send you like three or four a month and that was one of them i probably wouldn't have listened to it other than if i didn't so get it that the, way what was that one the cd club what was that company? bmi Oh, the Columbia record. Columbia. Yeah, it was kind of that. It was like the Domino Records version of that. So I, I know that Pitchfork probably gave it a, you know, like not a great review. So I'm going to say 6.4. 6. No, I'm sorry. What year did that come out? 2016. Oh, wow. Um, Painting with. I'm going to say they made, since it's Animal Collective, they owe some allegiance to them. Uh, I'm going to say a 7.2. And. <clears throat> You guys are both over. Oh, oh, whoa! That's so this, good. I didn't look who did the review, but I can only say that it must have been like a new guard that came in at Pitchfork at the turn of the decade, and they're like, "Fuck all this shit!" Like, we're this is the new. It's so like in a, hockey where they used to like they used to just like recruit the dude who was the enforcer just to start. It's like we just need the hot eight guy. <laughs> yeah, just the like hot him in there to just yeah, we need a hot. I think taker. maybe Twitter. Inf- yeah. infiltrated them it's like this guy's like blowing up on twitter talking shit about animal collective <laughs> Let him do a review. we gotta get him we gotta get him uh but no they gave it a 6.2 Ooh. ouch not great the only thing i remember i listened to that album for some reason i was at work i was like eh, give it a spin and uh they have a song called flory dada like florida and the dada <laughs> like arch movement <laughs> It was like Florida, Florida, and I'm like, okay, this is not cute. Anymore. They kind of just made baby music after a while, right? That's kind yeah, of we'll do them. We'll do them. save it, save it for the pod. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get to them. 
Hashtag save for the pod. Okay, another little fucker that's still floating around. <laughs> Devendra Banhart. Oh boy. Ape in pink marble, which also came out in 2016. The man just never stopped. His I know. Fan stopped long ago, but he he continues. After he cut his hair, who cares? Oh, I know. That was yeah. He betrayed us. I was like hairs. when uh, Felicity cut her hair. Nope. <laughs> or, or Metallica. The, that was channel. my Metallica cutting their hair was in Defender uh, Banhart. The worst hair. Metallica haircut was what's the guitarist? The which one? The Latino man. Kirk Hammett. He's, he's Filipino. He's Filipino. Yeah, he's uh he's Filipino. Yeah. Oh, he's half fuck. Filipino. Edit that out. Timestamp that. <laughs> <laughs> that's staying in baby uh, no, he's a cool it. guy he seems like the yeah. only cool dude in metallica ever he's laid True. back he's, he's a yeah. surfer he still lives him and cliff burton the only two any, cool yeah. ones any shred should have been lars should have been lars <laughs> <laughs> hashtag should have been lars <sighs> but he he looks so sad when he cut those curly locks it's like dude why did you do that did they make you fucking do that those just because Lars is going bald doesn't mean you guys need to fucking cut your hair. Fuck Lars Albrecht, you fucker, you fuck. Hey, you want to see me in the streets, boy? I'm here. I'm in the bay. You calling out Lars? Yeah, I'll meet your ass. I'm pulling a uh, Vince Neil, uh, <laughs> Axel Rose. I want to box you in a ring. <laughs> oh God! Remember so we watched high. that video like camping. So we were camping and we watched he's that video. He's on meth, dude. He's so fucking high. Vince Neil in that thing. He's wearing like a crazy Dodgers hat or something. He's like, yeah. It was like a trucker hat on. I'll fight you in the ring. It's like rock and roll. Ring. Okay. Anyway, so we were playing a game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Avenger Banhart, Ape and Pink Marble, 2016. Five eight. That's what I'm saying. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to say they gave it uh, like a 6-2. Close, Caleb. They gave it a 6.6. Whoa. Higher than I expected. Adrian, I think you were guessing his height when you said height. (laughs) He's a diminutive man, isn't he? I guess 5.8 is not that short. Okay, here we go. From 2014, we got, uh, how do you say it? Vashti Bunyan. Vashti Bunyan, Bunyan. I was just listening to her. So this is her third and final album. She says that she's done. It was 2014 called Heart Leap. I put that on there because didn't Devandra Banhart like kind of bring her back? Like be like, yeah. Well, Animal Collective made an album with her or an EP. They went found great EP. Yeah, that that EP bangs. It's called something in my Hummer. Hummer in my Hummer. Prospect, prospect Hummer, <laughs> Hummer in my Hummer. <laughs> oh boy, that's that's the name of my my mixtape. Sorry guys. Yeah. Um, what do you think they I'll, gave old Fosh? I think that they liked that. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say seven seven. I don't think they gave it an eight plus, but definitely in the seven range. I'm gonna say seven seven. Yeah, yeah. they kind of rate being a f- former freak folker. They were never that glowing with any of the freak folk stuff and also on the same side of the coin like when more like veteran singer songwriter people do new songs they're not like it's not super glowing but it's like respectful. yeah they're like too hard on him it's like come on just yeah come on it's old guy come on he's, he's out there he's trying come on david crosby's still trying to write they're songs. like more they're like okay boomer you're making another album yeah shit on you. yeah um so i'm gonna say they gave her a seven point two 
They gave it a 7.8. Oh. Adrian, what did you say? Almost right on. 7.7. 7.7, yeah. I mean, you're going to give her a 7.8. Why not just round up to an 8.0? Yeah, Yeah, that's a lot of baggage when you give somebody an 8, though. She's get she got the uh she got the emo or the metal rating, which yeah. is ju- yeah. almost almost there, but not quite. <laughs> and so and true. stuff that's the that's on the more on the um experimental end of electronic music. Yeah. Do you notice yeah. too they'll do that thing where they'll on like Sundays they do like a just some random older album? They do a classic. Yeah, the classics, yeah. Yeah, so they'll do like a funk album or something from the 70s and they'll give it like a 7.7. It's like motherfucker, this album lasted 30 years. Like you are <laughs> listening to it now. It has to have a little more weight than that. Like what the fuck? Like wh- why do you go out of your way to like trash some old I mean, I guess they're we're just being precious. I mean, I don't know. I think honestly, I think on some of the older records they do give them pretty good ratings. I've only seen a, maybe two or three that that were like that. Uh, usually the ones that they give bad or bad ratings to were just like stuff like today where they did Katy Perry, where yeah. it's like they 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 will say like, oh yeah, this is kind of an important piece of this time, you know, 2010 or whatever. But it's Those not they it's only a good record. They gave it like a seven something. No, they gave it like a like a five or something, I think, or six really? maybe. I think it was lower than than I expected it to be. But you know, more like Condé Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Ringow. Those are the only reviews I read on there. The Sunday ones. Um, all right. One, I only get my music reviews from NPR. They have the best <laughs> taste. Oh God, they, I, just, they got the worst taste over there. I, mean, I will the say they get right. They get shit right <laughs> from time to time, but it's like the yeah. written stuff is good. The stuff that they do in print, like on their website, is fine. Like their cultural reviews, but something yeah. about the music that they choose to talk about on the radio is the most <laughs> like fucking it's cash boring. register Starbucks CD. Boring, boring shit. Very true. Ugh. Very true. Um, we'll save that for the NPR pod. Um, yeah, we'll I got a couple more albums stations. here. Uh, okay, here we go. This one's for you, Caleb. Espers, their <laughs> self titled 2004 album. Espers, 2004. Okay, so 2004, they were a lot more irreverent. Espers. I've seen them live. I liked them, but it's not lasted longer than you would think too. And they're not making like statement albums or like these big monumental kinds of things. They're a little more minor in their approach. Um, So I'm going to say they gave that Esper's album probably like a 6.8. Ouch. Hmm. I think it's higher. I think it's like, uh, I'm going to say 7.3, 7.3. Okay, Adrian, you got it. This was shocking Whoa. to me. In the year of 2004, right? It was the same year that Milk Eye Demender came out by Joanna Newsom. They only gave that an 8.0. They gave this fucking thing an 8.4. Holy. Whoa. 8.4. Wow. It Which is crazy because I listened the best to that music, album today. It's still 8.4. And it is kind of hmm. Ren Fairy. They're a little more on the Ren Fair, like. It's Kaka. Yeah. <laughs> british folk thing um it's not bad there's no no they're from philly but they definitely influenced by like burt janched and like pentacle and all those once philly stopped making philly soul i turned i tuned out (laughs) yeah luther vandross was the last philly guy i listened to yeah for sure 
Okay, got one last one here. It's from 2004, and the band is Ghost Wand. And the album is By the Light of the Ghost Wand. Is that affiliated with uh, the Ghost Wooden Wand. Wand, dude? It might have been. A, is that like some sort of incarnation? they're a collective, yeah. Some, it was a spinoff. Yeah. Ghost Are Wand. we sure that you didn't make this up? Uh, maybe oh shit i think we fell for it and i got ghost in it god damn it that's how we should have known that was but, the telltale uh, what do you nonetheless what do you nevertheless for gave it yeah i'm gonna say uh, i'm gonna say in this uh, fictional six, scenario six six caleb oh man ghost wand what okay re, uh, remind me what does ghost wand sound like what kind of band were they aside from being freak folk? They're, recommended if you like. They're just like drum circle vibes. Recommended if you like like um that animal collective album where they had to change the name of it. Come on little Indian or something. They're like that. Just that first wave. <laughs> oh, okay. So first wave freak. Kind of on folk. the freakier side of it. Okay. Yeah, a lot yeah, more that would freaky. Be too ex- that would be too experimental for them, but they the wanted singer, to hear The singer sounded like a goat. He had one of those goat voices. <laughs> <He's bleeding. laughs> Shit like okay. that. So I'm going to say they probably gave it a, a 5.6. No, they loved it. They gave it an 8.2. Oh. What? For Ghost Wand? A fake <laughs> band? <laughs> they said Ghost Wand. When you're waiting in the swamps and i don't know what they said what was the name of the album again (laughs) it was called by the light of the ghost wand oh nice (laughs) throw it in there uh shout out ghost wand somebody started a band called ghost wand we'll we'll put it out i had to google that just to make sure there wasn't a band called ghost wand but apparently it's 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 a product not a bad band name it's something you could buy at a, one of those Halloween stores, and it's like a wand uh, that has a glowing ghost on it. Yeah. Right on. Spirit Halloween. Well, Shout out Spirit Halloween store. <laughs> Coming soon to a store that you like near you. Um, yeah, I thought that went well. Thank you for joining us for our fourth episode. I feel like we really got to the bottom of that hefty album. And uh, for next week, you need to bundle up, you skinny twee fucks, because we're headed over to Scandinavia by way of Australia. <laughs> next week, we sound off quietly and cleverly about In Case We Die by Architecture in Helsinki. Stop yeah, get ready for that. And uh, we are now on social media and have an email. So follow us uh, on all our socials. It's just at Whack or Slaps. And you can email us your reviews, your commentary, any questions you have. Um, at wackerslaps yeah. at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe, share. Tell your friends. Uh, my mom listens. So you know, cool. Shout out, mom. Uh, but we need more people than who are just related to us to listen to it. Hype it up. And, uh, give us that pitchfork hype. Yeah, give us that pitchfork hype. Give us at least an uh, 8.0. Come on. Yeah, give yeah. us that pitchfork. should start bump. reviewing podcasts. That'd be. <laughs> <annoying>. <laughs> Uh, and thank you to Kiki Ontiveros for our most slapping of theme songs. music. <laughs> uh, for Noah and Adrian, I am Caleb, and this has been Whacker Slaps. And as always, what made Milwaukee famous? Ooh, hit the music. Bye.